People's Jam Radio, Roy Mack, Cash. It's the Vince Homie. Hey, man, listen, y'all know what it is, man. No Chaser Radio is the movement. DPCFED, that's the plug. We're going to get it in one more time, man. Y'all know what to do. Hit us up on the YouTube channel, People's Champ Radio. Hit us up in the podcast section of iTunes as well. Hey, man, lot to get into, lot to talk about. Today is, as they call it, Championship Sunday. Just finished up the Patriots and Jags. Um, too heavy. Uh, wow. You give me your breakdown on the Patriots and the Jags, man. Oh, man, man, man. It was a moment there that the Jacksonville Jaguars had me sold that they were going to win this game. Um, I believe the game went a little too fast for Jacksonville, meaning they were not able to sustain long drives. But that's also uh, what almost you know, allowed a, uh, a Steelers comeback if you watched them last week. Because the Jimmy Jaguars, as crazy as it sounds, like they, they, they score kind of quick. You know what I'm saying? Um, they, they've been scoring kind of quick these past two games. So what I thought, the thing about the Patriots is you have to eat, 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 eat that clock up. Right? And, and the Jags went up, you know, um, I think it was up 13 points or something, something like that. And uh, what ha- what had happened was it was just too much time on the clock, man. And you know the Patriots got a <laughs> another significant call midway through the fourth quarter, when it looked like had Jacksonville made that stop, they would have been able to really sustain a victory. It was around a nine seven nine minute mark. Big pass interference call got called on Jacksonville, which was not a pass interference. But they called it and 30, 40 yard penalty. So, um, you know, listen, I've been watching the Patriots do this for so long. They're, you know, it is what it is. Jackson Hill played a perfect football game pretty much. And, you know, the only way to beat the Patriots is if you literally have no penalty in the second half of play because that, that becomes the most important half of playing against the Patriots if you're close. Is how you adjust in the second half, and um, the Patriots were able to march down the field, gouge that deep for some big plays. Uh, I mean, listen, man, you know, it's just something I've seen so much. I'm so used to it, so it's like I'm numb to it. You know what I mean? Because like no one does anything different against them. They all fall for the same stuff, and it kiss the bank. Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm watching the game, and I'm thinking. As I'm looking at the score, I'm like, they don't have enough points. That's what I kept saying. They don't have enough points. You know what I mean? Yeah. You see them kind of hanging around at 7 to 10, and I'm like, that's not that's not enough to put them away. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have to, re- especially in Foxborough, because, you know, a play here, a play there, and all of a sudden it's a different ball game just in terms of the score. Um, so I'm watching this thing, right? <clears throat> and first of all, let me back up. Let me first um, give some disrespect to ESPN. Uh, I'm not sure if you've ever like looked at their app or their web page um, during the game, but they have some stupid shit in the corner 
So I'm like watching the game, but I'm like making some moves kind of in between. So I'm like looking on ESPN uh, on my phone. And their page, I kept seeing something in the corner with the percentage next to it. I didn't know what the hell it was for the longest. Well, apparently they keep, I'm not sure how the hell they're tracking this, but they keep like a, at whatever point in the game, it has a winning percentage for whoever they think has the best winning percentage in the game. And it just changes as every single play goes. That shit's fucking retarded. Um, Cause I'm, I don't know what that means. I don't know like what's the significance of it. I, you know what I'm saying? It just seems like fucking some type of overkill. But anyway, that's ESPN's problem. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was. It, listen, it, well, ESPN was. You know, what they continue to do is just try to create any type of conversation, and they try to create it based on like, you know, what they see in social media, what they think people in the barbershop are talking about, right? So that's their thing now. Is like, you know, they're like totally off topic at this point. You know what I mean? They just throwing shit at the wall and see what happens. So, but that's a lot of big media. So you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah, I it's, a, it's a cold world for them. But it's a cold world. It's like, yo, what does this even mean? Bro, I don't understand. I'm looking at it like, what the hell does this even mean? You dig? But anyway, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm watching this game, and I'm thinking it's just not enough, not enough points, man. You, what nope. you can't do, and, and listen, and people might call me a hater for this, but this is just the reality for me. When you win a game like they just won that game today, I'm speaking of the Patriots, 24 to 20. Of course, the headlines are going to be are going to be Brady and Belichick, right? Yeah. But think about um, what your what what that that Patriots defense did in Man. the second half of the game. Oh yeah, made huge plays um, to seal the deal. And, and listen, and, and Tom Brady is Tom Brady, man. I mean, at some point, you got to get a brother his card. Cool. Well, well, hold on. But do you? But 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 what I'm saying, right? I, here's yeah. what here's what I give him his card for. I give him his card for, uh, unlike. Peyton Manning's and the right. Matty Ices of the Yeah. When the, when the money's on the line, fourth quarter, two minutes left, yeah. that motherfucker, he keeps that same energy. He don't fucking and get rattled. He keeps that same point. energy. Yeah. 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 So, so that's, that's where all my props to Tom Brady come. When it comes to that, that clutch shit, bro, I, I mean, listen, I don't trust any quarterback more than I trust Tom Brady. Those are just facts. When I'm watching this guy play, and it's like a minute on the clock, and if you're up, I don't believe you're going to win. And it's not because of the bullshit. It's because I believe that Tom Brady's going to have that exact same energy throughout the game. And I, and I think what's happened for me personally is because i watched Peyton Manning fail so many times in March that he succeeds because of his ability in the regular season, right? And I watched Tom Brady do the opposite. And for, for all the credit that I'll give to, you know, a, a, a Peyton Manning for his ability, his knowledge of the game, his, his, his intelligence as a quarterback, you know, it seems like he's an offensive coordinator, you know. Um, when, when it came down to Brad Tack, right, Peyton Manning, the, the brother did a lot of folding. Peyton Manning, to me, has been real Steph Curry-ish. Or should I say Steph Curry has been real Peyton Manning-ish. Regular season, they look like, my goodness, have you ever seen this before? And then in the playoffs, they start disappearing. 
And Peyton Manning disappeared so many times to falter to the Tom Brady, right? In the Patriots. Is that I have to elevate Brady because I've seen what he's done and I've seen what Peyton Manning didn't do. So yeah, that's where that's where my respect for Brady really comes into play is in a clutch. Yeah. And listen, I agree with you on those sentiments because my my point about Brady is twofold, right? One being that he while I agree with you that he does keep that same energy, he's the same guy in quarter one as he is in the final two minutes of the game in terms of no pressure, he's not getting rattled. Got to commend him for that. But unlike a, let's say like a, put it like this, I think in in two minutes left in the game, let's take an Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to make a big throw that I'm going to say, damn. I think Drew yep. Brees is going to make a big throw and I'm going to say, Damn. I never think that Tom Brady's going to make a big throw. However, to his credit, I do think he's going to make the right play, right? He's not, I don't think he's going to make some big, huge, perfect throw, but I think he's going to make the right play, five, seven yards to get somebody out of bounds. You know what I'm saying? And that's to be committed as well. But a lot of times he's put in those positions. And the reason I I believe that's important is because he's put in those positions by the defense. Think about it. That game was, uh, what was it, 20 to 17, right? In that fourth, before they scored the go-ahead touchdown in the fourth quarter. Yep. Um, But think about the situation that had been set up for him. The defense had played great, had held Jacksonville. They were going to get great field position anyway. Then you throw in that that punt return. And I think they had the ball like the 30, right, when he got the ball. I'm going to let you finish. I, got, I, I want to really remind me to really chime in about that punt return. But go ahead. That was the play of the game, by the way. Go ahead. Right. Well, see, that's my point is that with Brady, it's always like, okay, yeah. He got the ball on the 30-yard line at home down three. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like. But my thing is he capitalizes on every moment, though, right? We can say, yeah, he did. He, listen, he's always been put in a great position. We can, you know, have a hell of a team. But the brother capitalizes off this shit, like, more often than not. I don't think we've ever seen this type of consistency in a clutch. Well, I haven't personally been able to see it. Maybe, you know, those who grew up watching Montana play, you know what I'm saying? Right, um, right, right. Well, bro, I, I mean, this brother is, because, again, I think for me, I go more for Brady um, in terms of my respect for him because I, I watch Tom Brady falter. I mean, not Tom Brady, excuse me, Peyton Manning. So because Peyton Manning falter so many times, right, I was left saying, well, shit, here's the guy who isn't, you know, buckling under, under pressure. Here's the guy who's stepping up to the plate. Like you said, you know, 30 yards, yeah, that should be, you know, even against that defense. With the rules, right, and the way they play football, you should better get the lead, get a field goal. So really, that was no real pressure on Brady in comparison to what his previous pressures looked like. But because he capitalized, they got you know go ahead touchdown, they win. It makes it look that much better. And you and I know who they're going to give credit to, right? But let me talk about this punt return. Go ahead. Did you remember that punt return? You said, did I remember it? What do you mean? Yeah, like what happened? So. It looked like he was calling a fair catch. I oh, okay, I got you, I got you. I was like, what do you mean, dude? I remember. It looked okay. like he was calling a fair catch. And I, wait, I said, hold on, did he call a fair catch? That's what I was saying over here while I was watching it. Come to find out, he was calling a Peter call, which, you know, if you know anything about football, people usually yell Peter or there's some type of cold word. 
for you know your team. Right to, to get, get away. Out of the way. Yeah, get yeah, out of the way. Like, you, know, you don't want the you know what I mean you don't want this. We're good. If you go look at the play, he called Peter the whole time. But while he was calling Peter, if you notice the defense relaxed. I know, oh shit! Like they were like looking, you know, for the ball to be kind of um, off center. And at the last moment, he catches the ball and makes moves. That's the play of the game, man. I don't know if that was by design, but if that is, that's one of the smartest football I've seen in a long time. And that'll never get that won't get talked about. And, and, and listen, it, and it probably shouldn't, right? Because there's only a few people on planet Earth that can call something like that out, and, and I am him. So, you know, um, don't talk about it on SportsCenter. Don't get mad at those guys, man, or, or, you know, FS1 or, you know, whatever you like, watching Coach's Corner, you know. I, 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 you know, <laughs> what you want. But, um, hey, don't get mad at those guys for, for not pointing this out because, you know, a lot of people don't know um, shit about football. Uh, but I digress. Yeah, no, no, no. And, and, and that's a good thing to point out because the thing about it is when you're watching it, you just – I think everybody is was waiting at home to see okay what 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 what's gonna happen and you just felt that okay something that at the page you know probably this I never felt that they were gonna lose the game at any point I never felt like oh the page is gonna no 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 they they were always right where they wanted to be you know what I'm saying but let me say this though shout out to Jacksonville because Blake Bortles didn't play horrible. No, no, his numbers were comparable right. uh, to Tom Brady. They had the very, they had very similar numbers. Right, right. Um, how about some of the pressure plays that James Harrison made? I mean, when I say pressure, I'm talking about putting oh, pressure on the quarterback. How about that? Yeah, man. I was watching James Harrison, and I was saying to myself, I'm Tomlin, what? <laughs> is it the type of defense y'all run? I really need to do my math, my research. I'm telling them if they're running a similar scheme or not. Because typically, if a guy is not running a similar scheme, he's not able to go to another team and do much. This guy, James Harrison, his first week, I don't know if you remember, he oh, got yeah. like two sacks. His first week with the Patriots, the brother uh, got two sacks. I'm looking around like, how, how could this guy not play for the Steelers? You dig? But he can play for the Patriots, and the Steelers' defense is suspect. You know, they, they gave up 50 points to Blake Bortles. Very confusing, bro. And if James Harrison gets the championship, hey, listen, I'm telling you, I'm going to say this right now. If James Harrison gets the championship and he does something significant in that Super Bowl, he's a borderline Hall of Famer. I looked at his numbers and his Super, his Super Bowl MVPs and at minimal, he's going into the ring of honor with the Steelers, right? But James Harrison is teetering right now. I can't remember off the top of my head. I can't remember off the top of my head, so let me know. Is he a guy that got popped for something, or, or is he a guy that they were suspicious of? In terms of like... Oh, they've, always, they, they, they've always been suspicious of him, but okay. you know, he never got, I don't think he got popped for anything. Okay. Because okay. I was trying to remember off the top of my head, because I, I know at least there was some, some suspicions there uh, for him. But no, listen, he went over to, to New England... And, it's funny because me and you, this is part of the reason that we started People Chant Radio, is because we were the only, it's, it, at least it seemed like, we were the only people pointing out, pointing out hey, stuff hold like. On. Let me, let me, uh, let me educate the folks, though. So James Harrison was under like some type of suspicion, him and like Clay Matthews and a couple other folks. Uh huh. They were suspicion for doping 
but they didn't do, uh, they didn't interview or something like that. Jay, remember Jay Harris was like, they could come to my house if they want to interview me and all this stuff. Um, yeah, so it was something real weird. They want to interview him about, you know, um, potential PED use. So it was something real weird going on with the league at the time in terms of, you know, where they would actually conduct an interview at if he needed a lawyer present, you know. So, yeah, he, listen, he's been out of suspicion, and I, I know what you're getting at. So you're like, you know, if that's the case, yeah, well, and the reason I bring that up in terms of Hall of Fame, just because I know how this Hall of Fame thing is going now, right? Oh, make no mistake, it's all political. Right, listen, I, right. I'm not saying he's a Hall of Famer. I'm saying that if they win the Super Bowl, he does something significant. He's got to be under some consideration. So no, I'm with you. Though. I'm with you. I'm yeah. But here's what I was saying about people's champ. One of the things that me and you would consistently point out is stuff like James Harrison going to the Patriots, moves that seem kind of insignificant to most people, like, ah, yeah. Yeah. and then yeah. we would always sit back and be going crazy, like, no, you don't trade that dude to the, you don't let him go to the Pat to the Pats? When Corey Dillon went to the Patriots, I was like, hold on, y'all acting like Corey Dillon is done in these streets. Yeah, and rushed for 1600 <laughs> you know like, what, what's going on right now, dog? Yeah, went to the pages and rushed for 1600 man. <laughs> you feel me? And so Why? that was part of the frustration of sitting back and not hearing, because me and you would literally sit back and wait to hear people talk about it and be like, damn, he's not going to talk about that? You know what I'm saying? Like, that didn't happen? You feel me? Um right. James Harrison has played great in the playoffs for the Patriots. Not good. He's been great. Um, yeah. And you got to sit back and say, that's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? He's coming over playing significant minutes, man. And, you know, it is what it is, man. They're going to another. This brother's in the midst of winning the Super Bowl and like the Steelers letting this guy go. Like, yeah, we good. You know, like, no, you're not good. Yeah, man. Yeah, you know, and 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 now look what they're going to be up against. They just went up against, you know, Blake Bortles, you know what I mean? But at least the Jags had a really good defense. Now they're going to get either the Eagles or or the Vikings who, they you know, have really good defenses by the way. Those teams have really good defenses, but they also have backups. Right, that's what I was going to say. At least about with with Blake Bortles, you know, he, you know, what he, he kind of was what he was there, right? But everybody knew what they had coming in with Blake yeah. Bortles. These guys, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, England, bro, they just get their way, man. These brothers get their way. So, you know, that's that. Who do you like in this, uh, in the, uh, in the Eagles Vikings game? It's 7 7 as we speak right now. 7 7. Listen, I got to go with the home team. Um, because I believe that these teams are virtually identical from the backup position, the backup quarterback. They're very, very good backups. Somebody's going to throw money to them as a starter and be disappointed. But they're very good backups. They both have really good defenses. They both have a really good balanced offense with, with receivers who can – these teams are identical, like no BS. Um, I don't believe anyone has a real edge other than the fact that the Eagles are at home. So I just go with the home team, and you know, because I think it's a field goal type of game, regardless. How about though, if the if the Vikings win, and the Patriots have to basically come play a road game? Ah, uh, you know, I don't, I don't. Listen, when you go to the Super Bowl, ain't no home team, ain't no road team. You know what I'm saying? 
I don't believe in that. I don't believe that you got some type of advantage of being here. If anything, I think you're at a disadvantage because here's why I say this. All those festivities going on, going on, uh, going on, right? In your hometown, you can't escape it now, right? You, that's your crib. You're already getting the love. You will get some extra juice at home, though. Cause you, you remember when Atlanta went to the Super Bowl back in the day? Uh-huh. When they played the ball balls? Uh-huh. You remember brothers was out partying and kicking back and, you know, some people. I think, a, I, I want to say a player got suspended, a starter for the Super Bowl. From the from the Falcons, I want to say it was the start of the safety that had a, a situation. Um, I was gonna say I thought it was Buchanan, but I could be I wrong on that. I don't remember, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it was a situation, though. Yes. But my, yeah, I think it's, I think I think it's a bit be a distraction at home. I actually look at it the other way, and the only reason I would say that is because if you're the Vikings, I think they would. I think they, put it like this. I think. I'm just, again, it's just a flip side of the coin. They could potentially just feed off that energy versus them being somewhere and it's not, you know, their normal surrounding. Because right now, listen, nobody thought that they were going to be anywhere near the Super Bowl before the start of the season. That wasn't. Yeah, so it makes me wonder who got some tickets. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know what? That's a good point. That, well, that's a good point because the, the thing about the Super Bowl, I'm not even sure how many real fans even really go to the Super Bowl. But what I think the Patriots. You know how we call it uh, the Alabama invitation, the SEC championship game? Right. The Super Bowl has become the New England Patriots invitation. And it felt like what happened. Well, yeah, you know, and, and, you know, maybe, you know, maybe somebody uh, will pick up People's Champ Radio and, and, and listen to it and we'll kind of, we break it down all the time as to how and why they're always in a position to go to the Super Bowl. It has uh, everything to do with their, with their division, but, you know. Nobody wants to ever have that conversation. And the, uh, and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Everything to do with the SEC. Yeah, but nobody ever wants to have that conversation, though. So, yeah. And shout out to my nigga Hook, man. You know, he's still out here, you know, in these streets. Man. Shout out to Hook, man. So, here we go, man. So, we got it. We, you know, Super Bowl is set. Let me ask you this. For the overall brand of the NFL, good, bad, indifferent with the Patriots versus whoever going to the Super Bowl? Well, listen. <laughs> Uh, and, and they're not gonna like when I say this. <laughs> it must be said, right? The NFL has become the UFC in a sense. Ooh. Yeah, you know, with this whole don't kneel, and you know, you got Papa John's coming out, dissing the big he homie. Hey, he, he, got, went, he, he went from kissing Peyton Manning after the Super Bowl to he's getting out now. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, he kissed the baby too. So they lost <laughs> a lot of. Yeah, they lost a lot of people, you know what I'm saying, with this little issue we're talking about, but I digress. So, um, point being is that, uh, you know, the NFL has become the, the uh, UFC. In, in terms of the fan base, it's become an anti, you know, game, if you will. And if you ain't got the uh, complexion for the protection, you know, listen, when you got the leader of the free world coming out and calling people bastards for exercising their whoa, 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 not bastards. <laughs> what, the son of bitches? Sons of bitches. We want to make sure we get that correct. Sons of bitches. There you go. Yeah, what's up to this person shit, right? <laughs> Sons of bitches is far worse than men and Because hey, bastard would have been bad for like a regular president, right? It'd have been like, oh my God. But this dude, yeah, you know, there you go. Son of a bitch, you know, we're going at your mom's head. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So, you know, 
know, when a, when a president of the free world comes out and says, you know, essentially like, yo, they're doing bad. And then you get the, um, you get the UFC supporters out. And, you know, now, now you got a headache. So, to answer your question, no, this isn't bad for the league because brothers, uh, you know, we're a, we're a product on the field, right? But we don't run anything in the NFL. I mean, for God's sake, they did the numbers on the people who were actually milling. You know, it was like, you know, a total of like 15 people at one point. Yeah, it, 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 yeah. Yeah, it wasn't that many people. It was like 15 people, and like seven of them were a part of like a specific, uh, you know, deal. So uh, the point is, is that, no, because it's what we, you and I talk about, you know, sidebar, you know, Roy Mack and I talk about the H&M thing and, and all these brands talking about, you know, you know, having these racial uh, opinions, right? And, you know, having these racial, it's racial advertising, but, you know, Roy Mack and I talk about how, you know, regardless, folks are still going to buy that stuff. Um, and Or, if you don't buy H&M, you're going to Zara. You don't go to Zara, you're going to Express. And Zara has a racial history as well. And I see countless black people in Zara, myself included. So, um, but, but the point is, is that, you know, no fake outrage about the NFL, you know, the ratings down, all that shit. I hear you, right? They've restored order. People aren't kneeling anymore. People don't even care if Kaepernick plays anymore. Like, that, that story's done. But the NFL's back to business as usual. They good. Nothing bad can come from the Patriots winning. Yeah, I mean, it's the suit. It's the Super Bowl, right? So people are gonna watch. Like I, I think it can be any two teams, and people will watch because it's it's the Super Bowl and it's and it's football. Um, well, ask yourself, ask yourself this. Yeah. Honest question: If Jeff Horn would have fought Earl Smith Jr. last night, you think it would have been a bigger showing? Yeah, I'm not sure when you, when you say bigger showing. Where like at the venue, or what are you saying? No, no. Uh, well, I, I mean. If it would have been a bigger deal, would, would you have heard more about it? I see where you're going with it. I just don't think Jeff Horn is the guy to, to, to make that argument win. But I understand well, where you're going with it, though. Hey, I think he's a perfect guy. He's pretty much the only guy. Right? They, they well, got, they in, got, that, they in that sport know. he is. But I don't answer so the answer. It wouldn't have. Not over here it wouldn't have been. And I think right. that was why. That was the whole reason why Pacquiao went where he went to fight him at, which was in his hometown, was because that's where he would have been a big deal at. You feel right, what I mean? In general, you would have heard more about that fight than you heard about the Lamont Peterson. Because really, they always want to be in position to get, you know, to get these games. You know what I mean? Right, right, so, right. Listen, they're going to show up in droves to support. And, 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 and listen, if, if I'm talking over anyone's head, um, you know, DMs personally, and, and I'll, um, I'll educate you on what I'm really saying. I get our cold game up in 2018. I can't just get a cold away. You got to get your cold game up. Um, but the point is, is that the NFL is going to be just fine. Yeah, and I think one thing, you know, and I'll make this point against. Uh, if you said to pay for their guys, remember that. Oh, make no mistake. <laughs> And I'll also say this, it's going to be some excitement from either that Philly or that Minnesota fan base just because it's, there's, you know, I mean, my God, it's Minnesota and Philly. One of those teams are going to be in the Super Bowl. So that fan base. Look at that personnel. What? Right. So whoever that fan base is, if you're the, you know, the Philly fan base is going to turn up if they go. 
And all of a sudden, if Minnesota goes, you're going to hear a bunch of purple people leaders talk. You dig? Um, yes, sir. So, yeah, you know, I mean, it'll it, it'll still do. I think definitely in those markets, it'll do what it do. I'd be interested to see what it does nationally. Um, right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I, you know, but we'll see. We'll see. But you did bring up the Arrow Spence fight. I'm mad. Um, he fought Lamont Peterson last night, won by eighth round TKO. Lamont Peterson's corner stopped the fight. Lamont Peterson's corner, um, they started talking to Lamont seriously around about maybe he, I think he got knocked down. They, he knocked Lamont down, no, uh, no homo, in the fifth round. Um, and his corners. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I cut that no homo shit out. Man. I didn't even get to you can't say a boxer knock somebody hey, down. Man. Hey, I'm about to be done with the team playing. If I can't say a fighter knock somebody down without saying it's about to be done with y'all in this English language. Just, just know I'm keeping y'all on notice. You've been warned. No, but so he knocked him. Yeah, it was fifth round knockdown, and um, his corner got concerned, Lamont Peterson. And Peterson. Listen, I think a lot of Lamont Peterson. Now he is the thirty, I think thirty three, thirty four years old. Been in some real tough wars over his career. No excuse there. Um, he is he is a good boxer, and he boxed well in spots. But for the first four rounds, four four five rounds, he was really kind of just standing there covering up. And I was thinking, it, does he think Errol Spence has a stamina problem? Because I don't get that feeling from from Errol Spence. So I was trying to really figure it out. Oh, I seen that last fight. He has no issues. Yeah. yeah. He and the thing is, Peterson and Spence have sparred before in the ring, so it yeah, wasn't like he, yeah. So that I was confused by the strategy. I'm thinking, okay, is he gonna make him try to shoot his hard stuff? Yeah, I I was really confused, and I kept right. saying that if Peterson lets his hands go, and, and you know put some pressure, you know throw some live rounds back, it'll be a much better fight because that's the one place where Arrow has problems is when he has live rounds coming back at him because he really isn't tight with his defense. You know what I'm saying? What he yep. is really good at is when he gets you on your back foot, he is excellent at placing his shots exactly yeah. where he wants to place those shots. Yeah, he's not wild at all. He's very precise with specifically kind of a la, and I don't want to, I'm not drawing a comparison, but a la a young Mike Tyson when he would put those body those body blows exactly where he would want to, you know what I'm saying? And, and now once Lamont Peterson after he, after the knockdown he got up in the sixth round he came out he's like you know what fuck it let's fight and he and he let his hands go. The problem was you, there's also a price for doing that, right? <laughs> so it's a price you got to pay for letting them hands go too. Yeah, and so his corner kept telling him, you know, his corner gave him some real good advice. Uh, throughout the fight, I thought I thought both corners did a real good job. Probably some of the best corner work that I've seen. I don't like those overly animated, and I love Teddy Atlas, but sometimes you know Teddy goes a little overboard when he's in the corner. I don't like that over the top, you know, slapping people in the face. Yeah, this ain't a movie, you know. Just give me some real instructions on what you see, what I need to go do. That's practical. Give me that. You feel me? Um, but man, yeah. It, it, I mean, in a nutshell, Arrow Arrow looked good. He needed though. I thought it was important that he went some rounds and he didn't stop him too early. And so he got some good rounds in, got some work in. And we'll see if uh, if maybe late this year, if uh, one time Keith Thurman wants to wants to get it in. You dig? Right, right. Um, no, Keith Thurman, he's already said, you know, 2020, 
right? That's, you know, he's had 2019, but, you know, I, I think at this point it's going to have to be a fourth issue with And I can't really blame Keith Thurman, and here's, here's why I mean that. Because what we've seen in boxing is, and, and this, you and I always say this about boxing, this is why UFC actually got a lot of this muster from, right? This is why people really start checking for the UFC because, you know, you don't get the fight you want in boxing, right? Like, you're trying to match these guys up, and all right, well, who's the best, who's the best? And the problem is because records in boxing are so coveted. You get me? It's not about you just being able to fight somebody. Like, okay, what's your record? Whereas the UFC, this guy, Anderson Silva, had to fight K.O. Sonnen multiple times. Get me? Right. So boxing pigeonholes itself with that record shit. And that's the one fatal flaw for boxing. Um, and I think that, you know, Mayweather being out of boxing is going to really help boxing overall. Um, because guys aren't going to cover this undefeated shit as much anymore. And they just go, and, and the fans won't, right? And so people will be okay with you, you know, having a couple of losses. Like, just because you got, a, you know, two or three losses, that don't mean you're a bum. You know what I'm saying? But now a boxing is like, oh, that guy, nigga, 32? That ain't, that ain't <laughs> right. good. So, you know, boxing kind of um, dug its own hole that way. So now you get a guy like Keith Thurman who knows that Errol Spence is probably the most dangerous fight in the welterweight division right now. And so Keith, you know, just accumulated a couple belts. He's trying to get this work, right, without really risking it all because I, I believe that boxers who grew up under the Mayweather regime, under the Mayweather era, are really more afraid of losing than they are of their opponent. They're not really afraid of the opponent. They just don't want to lose. Get me? Yeah, so, I'm with shout you. Out, shout out to Kell Brook, by the way, because Kell Brook took fights. Right. He took fights. He took. Listen, when you fight Errol Spence Jr. and Golovkin and Errol Spence Jr. back to back, you're good with me. You're good with me. This brother, brother, don't even want to fight Errol Spence Jr. Now, whether they thought they it was easy work, I don't know what they thought, but they gave him a shot. So. Um, the point being, though, is that you know, that's the climate of boxing. I think that, and let me say this too, though. I think that the problem, too, would be that Errol <laughs> Smith Jr. is only getting better. This is why I felt like Keith Thurman should have probably fought him, you know, much sooner. He should have probably fought him before he went in for the surgery, in my opinion. Because if you watch Errol Smith Jr. versus Kell Brook, that looked like the wide-eyed young lion Earl that was, he was there for the taking. If you were going to beat him, that was then. The fact that he overcame those odds and won in that environment versus that caliber of a fighter, I believe that now you're going to get the most dangerous Earl Spence Jr. Um, that he's going to be at this division right now. That's not, that doesn't bode well. And that would have been a la Floyd Mayweather, Canelo Alvarez. I always tell people that even though I thought Floyd would have won, I thought he made the fight an easier fight by fighting Canelo at the right time. He fought fought a much younger Canelo, and he fought him at the right time when he was kind of on that come up, hadn't really been on the big stage yet, right? And so when he did fight him, I mean, that, go look at the Floyd fight and how Canelo fought, and then just look at any other Canelo fight 
before that or after that. It's a to- he looks like a totally different fighter. Now, some yeah. of that is how good Floyd is, but some of that is also, Floyd always tells people, man, it's different when you fight Floyd under them real bright lights. That's different, man. So you got to really, and like you said, to that, to, to your point, now you got a key, uh, I'm sorry, you have a, a, a Errol Spence who's went overseas and fought on a huge stage over there. You know what I'm saying? He got those yeah. little, whatever little, because me and you were talking, we and you were talking during the fight when he fought Kell Brook, and he, you can kind of see he was maybe a little, a little bit of jitters the first few rounds. But hey, man, once you come through that, you good money now, because you, he fight a very dangerous fight for Canelo. He seemed more comfortable. Now, he was cautious because he getting some real live shit thrown back at him, but he seemed more comfortable. The moment wasn't too big. I think that's what I'm looking for. That's the word, that's the frame. The moment didn't seem too big for him. Another thing about the Keith Thurman fight, Keith Thurman, over his career, is very, very soft to the body. Yeah, and man. that's a horrible thing to be if you're going to fight Errol Spence yeah. Jr. Yeah, man. I mean, he, he's been hurt to the body multiple times over the course of his career by, by guys who aren't really known as punchers. And right. so, you know, I mean, that, that has to be weighing on his mind. So, but that's a right. good fight, though. And listen, they should let it marinate for a while. But to your point, too, man, that, that's kind of the issue is how long do you let this thing marinate? You know what I'm saying? Because now you're looking around, you got to sleep. What happens? If, let me say this about Keith Thurman. I don't know if Keith Thurman is good enough to keep avoiding Errol Spence and fighting other guys without losing. See, you understand what I mean? Let me say this, and I, I thought about this long and hard, and, I, and you and I talked about this as well, is that what you got to do to me in boxing is just fight who's next, man. You can't chase fights. Because it's, to me, it's actually an advantage for Errol Spence Jr. Here's what I mean. By the time he fights two, right, he gets you know, 30 and old type numbers. You get what I'm saying? Um... Your, your mystique and your prestige is way up there and you're so much more sharp and confident if you then dominate good as the Keith Thurman, then that even boosts you even more. So I say, and this is what Errol said he's gonna, he wants to say active, right? Errol said he wants to fight three fights this year. Just stay active. Knock out the Jeff Horns of the world. Get their belts. Right, right. Don't, I guess what I'm saying is don't waste time Right, kind of trying to get that, that Thurman fight. Yeah, if people duck it, don't waste time with them. Yeah, I mean, because, it, it, well, and that's when your team and the marketing comes into play because Floyd was able to make a good living without having to even mention the name Pacquiao for five, six years. You know what I mean? And everybody knew that that fight at some point was going to happen. But both of them, to their to their credit, just kept doing their thing, knocking out. And the thing was, people kept saying, well, nobody's going to want to see them fight. Well, you know, they made a lot of money before they fought. <laughs> And nobody wanted to see him fight, and they broke like the highest ever. Hey. No one, hey, no one wanted to see Floyd fight Connor allegedly. But talk about that though, right? Because think about how big of of a media fight the Connor Floyd fight was, and it still didn't oh. break that record. It got close. Yeah. It got close. Yeah. But it didn't break the record, right? And think, and, and yeah. that was a global. I mean. The Pacquiao Mayweather, they didn't even do anything in terms of media. Right. They really didn't. And Pacquiao's incapable. 
sold. Right. So it wasn't any marketing, any buildup. The Floyd thing became like a reality show for like two weeks. You feel me? Nah, it really was though. And and yeah. Lil Gregor, cause you ain't seen him doing nothing since. He ain't no, hopping. He, he ain't hopping. Hey, Conor McGregor don't look like your boy Ricky Hatton. Remember when Ricky blew up? Well, Ricky Hatton. Hey, go, go down to Floyd Mayweather list. Ricky Hatton, Chino Madonna, uh, uh, oh, Tito Ortiz. After yeah, he fights. Hey, your man, um, your man, um, uh, Robert the Ghost Garcia, he retired already. He's like, hey, I'm cool. <laughs> yeah. Floyd Mayweather put your ass in retirement in a good way. Like, yeah. I just, I fight again for pennies and, and go through this type of rigor where I can just chill. Yeah, you fight Floyd, you get that paycheck, all you can do is go backwards from there after you get that Floyd paycheck. We would never witness a more powerful fighter ever. This guy was making names of of guys with no, either no names. I never heard of my daughter, man. Let's, let's keep it real. I had never heard of this guy. But you called it. As soon as my daughter beat Adrian, right, who was the stepping stone to Floyd at this, at this point in time, which is hilarious. <laughs> um, well, what are, boy, my goodness! Hey, you talk about them crowning a brother because they like the personality, unreal. But you know, my daughter, nobody knew this guy was. And then when he created a great storyline, you know, hey, what, hey, what almost you know rock? What really rock? What was the point of rock story? It was the overhead right. Hey, what did <laughs> my daughter do? What you like, oh, God, yeah, okay. You know what I'm saying? Hey, it was so crazy that he dominated the guy at the first uh, match, Floyd, and then they wanted a rematch, and the fans wanted it. Easy work, easy money. So what Floyd has done, it's, it's something, man, that I don't think we can really appreciate until it's all said and done in 30 years. These guys and their names, and then people be like, you know what, bro? Those guys wasn't what it was. But Floyd was so huge of a name and so, such a big draw. That he made you start thinking that Pacquiao was gonna knock him out, or, or not me. I'm talking Decaz. He made these Decaz think that Pacquiao was gonna beat him. That um, who's the dude that knocked Pacquiao out? Uh, one. Uh, Marquez. Manuel Marquez. Yeah. Bro, people really thought Marquez had like a legitimate shot. I put it like this: of all the guys he fought, the guy that I saw they thought had the least shot was Andre Berto, which is hilarious. <laughs> For the obvious reason, right? Um, <laughs> it, was, it was essentially it was it was the, it was the other black guy that he fought. That's essentially what it was. Let me and ask. I know we fought through the chain, but Chicken Chain don't count because Chicken Chain's a Hall of Fame. Let me ask you this. Yeah. And I'm and I'm coming from a totally different list. Listen, mom, this is just you know the brain of Roy Mack right now. What no, would be more? Me. What would be more more important to come back? Um, the Fight Night franchise play football. We don't have either one. We don't have either one right now. Hey, that's not close. Come on, bro. Hey, you want come on, Roy Mack? You one of the smartest people I know. Fight Night is he double football? You talking about the, the game where guys don't got names on their jerseys? That's a huge football. selling game, though. It's a huge. I'm just talking about in terms of Fight Night is significant to the culture. That game is actually needed. People but don't know but think about it. Are, but think about no. And listen, I'm not disagreeing with you. But what I'm saying is that fight night went away because apparently people. And I've talked to several different managers at get literally several different managers at GameStop. And I'd be like, hey man, so you, you know, because most of those dudes they play you know shooting games or whatever. You know, what I mean? but I always ask them. Absolutely. 
always ask them, um, yo, so what about fight night? What do y'all think? You know what I mean? Because, you know, typically, if you get a good manager, they'll they'll know about the games. They'll have a little bit of information. Yeah, so they'll, they'll be able to do a good job. I always ask them about, about um, uh, uh, fight night. And I've had two managers in two separate cities give me the same line. So either, so either it's a GameStop thing and they tell them to say this, they have some bullshit convention, but both of them gave me the same thing. Oh, well, who's the best heavyweight name? But both of them said, who are the top five heavyweights in the world? And I was confused. I didn't know what the hell that meant. You know, like, okay. Like, I'm no idiot. I know my boxing. So I can like, I told him I can rattle off 15 for you. You feel me? But I was like, what does that have to do with the game? But he would be, and he was like, well, you don't have a heavyweight that anyone knows in America of significance to sell the game. That's a dumb point. And, that, and that's the way that, that they were trying to jet because they were like basically fight night went away because it, it quote unquote, wasn't that popular. Now, I don't know. I don't got the information on the popularity. Well, I, I actually gave you the information on fight night, though. We had this conversation. It didn't go away because of popularity. EA Sports doesn't want to pay boxing anything, so they're making their own boxing game. So here's what happened. The domino effect is that EA Sports got sued, right, by the NCAA. The players, essentially. Right. And so EA Sports then started saying, okay, how do we protect what we're doing and create our own stuff? So EA Sports, they just, they're saying that, hey, we can just create our own boxing game. That's why they don't have any fight nights. It wasn't because of sales or anything like that. But it has to be because, but I would think, but, but wouldn't you think it has to be something to do with sales? Because essentially, don't they have to pay the same licensing for the for the NBA? They no. still have. No, hey, hey, Roy. They say who's the who's the heavyweight champ in the world? Hey, dog, who's the number one golfer in the world? Well, I don't even play golf like that, but I mean, I I, I, I can tell you, Roy, Rory McIlroy. But go ahead though. Hey, those niggas in GameStop don't either. They still making them motherfuckers. It ain't. There's so many games, bro, that EA makes that you've never even heard of that don't move units. It's not about that, bro. It's about licensing. EA Sports is saying, listen, we're creating our own ish. We're not paying these these boxes and these other entities to do the same thing that we're about to do. So that, that's what they had on it. But, but I guess that that's my point, though. So are you saying that they are now going to just make their own basketball game, their own golf game, their own soccer game, their own uh, fighting games? That's what I'm saying. Hey, listen. I don't know what they're doing in terms of their other sport franchises, but I'm telling you, I read this article on, on the boxing thing, and that's because that, they asked them, they're like, yo, what's up with the next fight night? They said, listen, we good. We got our own shit coming out. But that's what I'm saying, though. They're paying, that's what I'm confused about, because that sounds like they're giving some double speak. And the reason I'm saying that is because they have other licensing fees that they have to pay for these other sporting games. Now, I, I know it's... Hold on, let me say this. I think it's a lot different, though. NFL, I mean, what game you coming out with, right? NBA, you coming out with a game, well, who won the game? Um, so, you know, I think it's a little different. And I think because boxing isn't under a one uh, banner, one and I'm with you, and I'm with you on that. Right, so now what I can do is go to Errol Smith Jr. personally, you feel me? And get some shit signed and have his name on the game. So I think it's just way different. And it may be, and it may be, listen, but it, it doesn't seem that compl that complicated for me because Floyd hasn't been on the game in years, and they've done fine. So, I mean, I'm trying to figure out, like, who's asking for a lot of money. That's I guess maybe that's what I'm confused about. Roy Jones Jr. in his prime wasn't in one of the games, and they kept that was just fine. And, and matter of fact, it was another guy by the name of Roy Jones Jr. on the damn video game, and everybody was confused. They're like, hold on, who is this nigga? 
Yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't listen to shit they say, man. Them niggas don't know shit about nobody. Yeah, GameStop, they gave me a bunch of it. Dismissed it, but when I heard it the second time, I'm like, hold on, is this like a company line they're giving these motherfuckers? Hey, ask them who the heavyweight champion is. I was like, nigga, what the fuck are you talking about, nigga? I was like, nigga, I don't know if they come out with a new game. You want to quiz me, nigga? Fuck out of here. Nigga, nigga, you're asking me questions. Nigga, I asked you the question. Yeah, this nigga gave and, and, and both of them did it the exact same way. That's why it was hilarious. Right. Corny but, shit. Yeah, I ain't buying it. But shout out to Fight it. Night, though, man. I'm still looking forward to Fight Night. Hey, People's Champ Radio, Roy Mack and Cash, man, going over the sports week that was. Two things. Let me go to the NBA real quick because, we, man, this hour going yeah. by fast. Let's go to the NBA real quick. Two things from the NBA. One, um, NBA... Uh, Charles Barkley and I've heard some other guys say well I'm sorry not Charles Barkley Stephen A. Smith brought this up and I, I don't like that he brought it up because I feel like it's you know I talk about in, in the court how you can taint the jury pool by just putting some bullshit out there in, in, in the atmosphere I felt like Stephen A. blew a dog whistle he was the first person that I heard say because of the recent quote unquote rise in technical fouls and ejections and, and, and some you know some pushing and shoving and some you know altercations Stephen A. Smith came back with the, hey, the NBA is starting to have an image problem. And I was like, why would he say that? Yeah, because I don't, you know, I don't, I, I didn't, you know. I, what's that? I said, damn, an image problem? Yeah, and, and, and you know, and you, you and I both know that's a dog whistle when you say yeah. they have an image problem. Yeah, that, that, that's a dog whistle. I got some cool on that shit to say. <laughs> Oh, cold. <laughs> he said they have an image problem. He's acting like that. we've seen some like brawl in the palace shit again. Right. We've seen a couple people like, you know, get upset and, you know, some pushing, some shoving, you know, some alleged stuff here and there. It ain't even that deep. Hey, because this is the same guy who comes out and talks about how, how soft players are. This is shit I hate. I hate shit like that, man. You can't say these brothers are soft. Then when they get to a few little scuffles, all of a sudden there's thugs and there's an image problem. Yeah, when you say that image problem, it's like, come on, man. We've been through that before in the NBA. With all due disrespect, I can't take Stephen A. seriously because here's the same guy who said that J.R. Smith has white people thinking of Trayvon Martin when he had his hoodie on, which is a which is the equipment of Nike. Um, the official, you know, I don't know if it's sponsored, but you know, they're official. They are the uh, official sponsor this year. They they are making yeah, those bullshit I'm jerseys. Sure they all the sponsors take the turn, but yeah, you know, they make the official apparel for the uh, apparel for the uh, NBA, and there are hoodies attached to their gear. He was wearing, um, you know, he was wearing team, his fucking uniform. <laughs> he was wearing yeah, his uniform. He was wearing team distributed gear. And, you know, they told me, this guy, you know, you know, Stephen A told me he made white people think of Trayvon Martin, which is weird because he was talking about as if Trayvon Martin was a criminal. I was very confused as to what he was even getting at. But more importantly, it was the dog whistle. Oh, yeah. You were like, what are you talking about, man? Yeah. Because he, because no one's even thinking about that. No one would, no one had thought about that, bro. No one, man. Trayvon Martin is not synonymous with hoodies. Uh, and, and, and first and foremost, even if he was, he, he didn't do anything wrong. 
So, well, you know, if you reminded white people or somebody, that's just some cool shit to say. When, when I hear him so, say stuff like that, I think to myself, he must have been sitting around in the production meeting thinking, how can I get a butter biscuit today? What can I do to get me a butter biscuit today? Oh, I see. Oh, oh, he got that hoodie on. Ah, you know, hey, man, Trayvon Martin. Like, what? You can't wear the NBA official equipment. Like, it's not my fault that at the NBA. First of all, they're, they, Nike decided to put that shit on there. <laughs> you feel me? Nike said we're going to put a hoodie on the damn warm-up. I don't know why they did it. You know, so, but yeah, man. Um, got a problem with Bill Nike. Yeah, clearly there's not an image problem in the NBA. The NBA has never been more popular globally. Um, they didn't so, have an image problem when they had, you know, players throwing people out of windows and spitting on little girls. And, you know, they didn't have an image problem then. But, you know, now they got an image problem in a league that the worst thing's going to happen is like a flavor foul or a kick. I mean, I don't, I don't. Yeah, nothing, you know. So it, it's no image problem, but... But, you and I have never witnessed a cleaner NBA when it comes to the best players in the world. Steph oh, Curry, yeah. LeBron James, Kyrie Irving. See, and here's the thing, and I don't watch... We've never seen these brothers have... We've never seen players with, with these clean reputations ever. We've never seen it. I don't watch First Take much, but I'm not sure if First Take did a segment or not. Um, from the Cavs, I don't remember who they were playing, but it was a game of about a week or so ago. And Clay Thompson, mild mannered, bland, no personality, no emotion, Clay Thompson was driving for a layup, kind of fell. You know how you fall and you slide, and it's that very first row behind the goal where player uh, where uh, 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 fans are sitting. Yep. Some overweight white guy is sitting right there, that first chair, and he leans over and yells something in the face of Clay Thompson that makes Clay Thompson get up and react on some hands. Now, Man. this gentleman had to be kicked out and removed for, from the game before they restarted the game. Now, what we should do is launch an investigation into why do white men sitting on the front row feel like they can yell whatever the hell he yelled yeah. At players during the game, but you know Stephen A doesn't want to have that conversation apparently. But Stephen A, yeah, he's not going to say that because what he's going to tell you, hey, you know, sometimes you know people get liquored up and say stuff, and you know, hey, okay, yeah, I mean because you know, I mean it's Clay Thompson. He's never you've never seen Clay Thompson react to anything. So whatever hey, that gentleman, you know what I mean, whatever that gentleman said, it had uh, to be something. The most harmless brother in the NBA is probably Clay Thompson. <laughs> Right. The most harmless, uh, great team in NBA history are these Warriors. You'll never see a more harmless, great team than these Warriors ever. Yeah, they don't, really want, they don't want no problems. But let's talk about the Cavs, though, man. A lot of people are panicking about the Cavs right now, saying that they're in trouble. Um, I said last week on People's Champ Radio, this is before the week, you know, the, obviously this past week, and I, I'm not going to change. I still think they get out of the, out of the East. I don't, you know, <laughs> I just don't see anybody beating them in the East. Um, uh, something's going to have to. Now, if LeBron James, something happens to him, all right, now we got some problems in Cleveland. But outside of that, yeah. you know, yeah, you know, I mean, who, I heard Steve, man, damn, Stephen A said a bunch of dumb shit lately. I heard Stephen <laughs> A say, no, real talk. Yeah. 
and I gotta well, get on man. and I gotta get on his ass because he said, and we're talking about the Eastern Conference right now, and I'm saying that that no one can beat the Cavs, right? Just because it's the fucking Cavs and it's the East. But Stephen A. said that he's the most disappointed right now in the Washington Wiz, uh, 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 is it a fucking bullet bullets again? But he said that, the Wizards. He said that that he was the most disappointed in them this season. I'm looking around like, what the fuck do you want John Wall and Bradley Beal to do, bro? I mean, I mean, they're doing most they can. I mean, it's just John Wall and Bradley Beal. I know they got Gortat over there. They got a couple other solid little players, but you know, yeah. it's Bradley Beal and John Wall. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, what do you want them to like? I would really love to for, for him to tell me like what he, what his quote unquote ceiling is for the for the fucking Wizards, bro. And look, that question never gets answered because once you answer that question, right? Then what happens is, um, well, now you get held accountable. Thank you. Yeah, you once get you held accountable now. Because again, let's back up. And I don't really do this, but I have to do this every people camp radio because everybody, you know, the hugest Michael Jordan fans in the world, um, but they're never realistic about the expectations of those he played against. And I have to keep things into realistic perspective. So I got to start with the Michael Jordan thing because, you know, apparently these kids have never seen anybody else play in that era. But Jordan, that's why I thought with Jordan. Did y'all want, like, Charles Barkley and those Phoenix Suns, what were their expectations once they got to the title against the Bulls? Okay? The fucking expectation was to take this L. And if that's the point, I mean, come on, man. Unless, unless you ask somebody out their goddamn mind who said they were going to beat the Bulls, Michael Jordan, Ron Harper, Scott, and and all those folk. Right? So no one was thinking that. Let's just keep it true. So if the expectation was for Jordan to win, that means the expectation was for his opponents to lose. His opponents happened to be the Charles Barkley's of the world, the Reggie Miller's of the world, the Carmen Longs, the Stockton, et cetera, et cetera. So why would we then diminish what these men had accomplished, right, outside of winning fifths against Michael Jordan? So I say that to say this. Now that I fast forward to this, because LeBron – um, which is hilarious because he's supposed to be the next MJ, right? The next great. LeBron is on the is on the opposite end of this stick. He's going against the Golden State Warriors. Who in their right mind believes that the Golden State Warriors should lose in seven games to anybody in this NBA as as currently assembled these teams are? Who? And if your expectations are for the Warriors to win, What's the problem? What is the problem? That, I, I feel like I'm the only person that's genuinely confused about expectations in you. Because I ask the same question, Roy Mack. What do y'all expect to happen? LeBron will get to the finals because LeBron's the greatest player in the NBA. And, oh, by the way, he's in a conference that's nowhere near the talent of the West. Just go look at those all-star games, right? Right. So it's going to go a lot easier. If, if, if the Celtics were at full strength with Gordon Hayward and these young brothers playing as good as they are, I would still have Cleveland winning. I'm not saying they sweep the Celtics. I'm not saying it wouldn't go to seven, but I still have Cleveland winning because at the end of the day, you got LeBron James. You did? So the point is, is that my expectation for the Cleveland Cavaliers haven't changed, or anybody hasn't changed, 
spent Kevin Durant doing the Warriors. I expect everybody to take work, right? And until that shit gets blown up, until whatever they call, I don't know what they call it, the Warriors, by the way. I don't know what little cool nickname they made up the Warriors. But until that's over with, hey man, listen, it's business as usual. And listen, I don't know what person in their right mind has the Warriors losing to anybody, but I, I like to meet this guy or girl. Yeah, like you. You, if you're being honest <laughs> and 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 just not being emotional, you can't say that you think the Warriors are gonna lose. You just can't say that, bro. Anybody like, yeah, versus oh, anybody, you can't say you think the Warriors are gonna lose. I look, why should they lose? <laughs> yeah. I need a, I need a breakdown. I don't want to just hear. I think they can lose. Why? Yeah, and I think like me and you, you know? the beginning of the season, we did something about. We, we did a segment, and it wasn't now, because people are going to say, oh, well, you well, Roy Mack, you were saying that Oklahoma City. No, 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 no. Go back and listen to the segment. We were saying, who who do we think can challenge the Warriors? Basically, we're right. saying, hey, this is who's going to win. Who do you think has any type of a chance against these dudes? And so Absolutely. now you're trying to pick and say, okay, well, who do I think has a shot? Because we already are already establishing we don't really think anybody does, but if, it, if, we, no. ha- if we have to pick somebody, who do you think it would be? And so you're just trying yeah. to make a case for it because outside of that, listen, the way the NBA is currently constructed until some of these young guys grow and become whoever they're going to be or maybe somebody gets traded like an Anthony Davis. Now, if an Anthony Davis shows up in Boston and depending on who they have to give up, now the, the balance of power may tip, but we have to see who they have to give up. But outside of something like that happened, the way things are currently constructed in the NBA, it's going to be the Cavs playing the Warriors. I'm going to say they would play again next year. <laughs> We ain't even got there yet. For real. For real. <laughs> because if LeBron's in Cleveland, I still, listen, I still believe that it's LeBron James in the East and then everybody else. And if LeBron James can get a decent start five around, which they have a really good start five for the East specifically, right? That's a really good start five for the Eastern Conference. They're good. So I'm not hitting no panic switches. No. Nah. I think the what the panic really is, is about, if everybody's being honest, the panic is, well, damn, if they don't look good against the East, they fuck around and get swept in the finals. If everybody's being honest, that's what the real panic's about. The fact that they're not dominating the East. Because they're trying to project what they would do against the Warriors. You did? No, that's not true. And that's, that's becoming, and that's becoming an NBA problem. The Warriors are going to ultimately become an NBA problem. Now, listen, you asked me about these Patriots earlier. Yeah. Right? Are they a problem for the NFL? Absolutely not. Just like I don't believe Bama's a problem for college football. Um, because, listen, these young recruits, right, if they want to keep going to Bama, essentially somebody's going to start kissing the baby. It's already begun, by the way, with the young quarterback, right? This is the first step of many. And you going to Alabama with these loaded rosters because you don't want to compete, apparently, right? You go on the band with these loaded rosters. You see that quarterback got replaced after going, like, you know, only losing two games in two years. I think a lot of young brothers and sisters, uh, a lot of young brothers want to start looking at that Bama's trend, right? Like, oh, God damn. Okay, let me I'm trying to go over there. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to, I'm trying to be seen, though, right? right I'm trying to play. Right. So, listen. I said all that to say this, whereas I don't believe Bama or the Patriots are bad for their sport, I believe 
that the Warriors are bad for the NBA because you can't have two guys who can essentially be battling for top 50, right, type of honors, if you will. You can't have those guys on the same team essentially taking away from one another. And I'm talking about Seth Curry and Kevin Durant. We're not going to really fully understand the abilities of those two gentlemen until they're the alpha dogs. And I've already seen Kevin Durant in a situation where Westbrook was the alpha dog, right? And we've seen Curry in a situation where it, it felt like, you know, we was just waiting for Clay Thompson to make a shot or for Draymond Green to do something. Um, or, or Andre Iguodala. Yeah, or Andre yeah, Iguodala. Right, so we've already, we've already conceded that Steph Curry's an incredible basketball player, but we don't believe that, you know, Steph Curry, when it when it comes down to it, is that dude. You know, so we don't, we're not going to be comparing him to the, the Kobe's, you know, of the world, right? Um, but Kevin Durant is the type of player that we would be compared to Kobe, LeBron, so they're saying right now he's, he's better than LeBron. Some people are saying it. I, I don't even think it's that. No. But the point is, is that the NBA is being robbed of greatness because those guys are on the same team. And the more you stop Kyle Talent like that, right, the more you stop Kyle Talent, you start looking at a lot of other teams and making them insignificant in the pantheon of things. You and know the, what I'm saying? And I think just to kind of put an exclamation on your point, it's because in those other sports, even though we are calling it the Patriots and the Alabama Invitationals respectively, it's right. a one-game deal. So anything can happen in that one game. We saw Gronk got hurt today. So anything can yeah. happen in a one-game type deal. In the NBA, right. you got to win four games in like a week and a half or two I think it's like a week and a half or two weeks that at the games we played in. You got to beat these right. guys four times in like a week and a half, bro. I just don't see you doing it, <laughs> barring catastrophic injuries to most. Because listen, the reality is they could lose one of those guys, and I would still have them the favorite, bro. Yeah. Possibly, maybe if they lost Kevin Durant and they're playing Cleveland, I'd probably say maybe Cleveland can get them, but I don't know. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. They, 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 they went 73 and 10 without them. Yeah, I'm going to say it can go to six. I think well, that thinking is too old, to be honest with you. I think they're too old, and they don't seem as inspired or in sync. So it's the less inspired or in sync than Cleveland. And let's talk about this, about Cleveland, right? Because me and you, respectively, applauded LeBron for kind of steadfastly standing by his guys, you know, J.R. Smith, um, Tristan Thompson, and kind of putting pressure on Dan Gilbert to pay these guys. And he did. He obliged LeBron and paid them. Now, I would submit that part of the reason that they are having struggles, if people are calling it that, to what you just alluded to, their age, it's because how the hell do you move J.R. Smith in his contract now? How the hell do you move Tristan Thompson in that contract now? How do you move Man, these guys? I don't, bro, that's the argument, right? You can't move these guys. You cannot move these gentlemen. There's nothing sexy about anything that they do at this point. And furthermore, though, they just don't look inspired to hoop anymore. And Tristan Thompson is a very young brother. I'm like, okay, what are you doing? You good? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you want to hoop anymore? They don't look inspired. 
tired, man. And maybe they'll look different in a different uniform. Uh, maybe a, you know, uh, man, a low market team or eat the, you know, eat the salary because they, they got to pay players, right? Or they'll get penalized. So, man, I don't know how you move them. But listen, LeBron, um, just as much as I give him credit for creating the, uh, the space where these brothers get paid by the organization, you know, he has to also shelter some of this blame. Most of the blame, because the organization was essentially trying to appease one LeBron James. And that's the kind of trouble you get into when a player is both GM, coach, and superstar, right? Because did you hear what they asked him about Tyrone Lue? I saw that, and he really answered the question. Like, he... <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, well, I was like, damn, I didn't even know this was an option, okay? Let's hear more. <laughs> I actually thought that he was going to punt and pull the Kobe Bryant that I just play basketball. Nah, he went the opposite way. He was like, yeah, you know, I try to. I was like, okay. Talk that he shit. Had a lot to say. He had a lot to say. Yeah. And let's back up a little bit because you heard it first on um, People's Champ Radio when when it first came out that Ty, uh, Tyree, when it first came out that Kyrie Irving wanted out of Cleveland, the majority of the major media was clowning Kyrie Irving. Who do you think you are? Before LeBron got there, you were nobody. ETC. You remember that? Yes, sir. Why wouldn't you want, why wouldn't you want to play with LeBron? That means you don't want to win. You remember that combo? Everybody was dissing Kyrie Irving, period, in the discussion. They were dissing this dude. Well, I mean, yeah, what, what, well, now it's a bunch of Kyrie's a leader, and you know the the, the Celtics have a future, and and I'm looking around like, huh, really? No <laughs> okay. well, man, so 180. All of a sudden, Kyrie's a leader, and he's you know stepped his game up on defense, and Cleveland's falling apart. Listen, I said it, I said it then, and I'm gonna say it now. I don't do a bunch of hindsight in 2020. But make no mistake, if the facts change, my opinion changes. But my opinion isn't changing on Kyrie. I said this from the jump. I was 1,000% behind him for one of his own team. And the thing is, I wasn't actually concerned with him winning or losing. I wasn't concerned with that because I know that winning or losing is more um, about the scenario and the team that you're on versus just your individual talent. Just go ask guys like Dominique Wilkins, right? Um, the point is, is that I was, I had the utmost respect for somebody who wants to be their own man because we give the Kevin Durant and the LeBrons of the world so much crap for going at a joint superstars. We can't then shit on somebody and, you know, cast aspersions on someone who is essentially wanted to be their own star, wanted to be their own man. So here's what Kyrie did. He got out of a team that was built around LeBron, because he's like, hold on. What y'all not going to do is have me here with a team that's built around LBJ, and then when I don't win with this team, it's AJK win without LeBron. When those guys are built around LeBron's skill set, the team's old, Kyrie ain't dumb, he sees that. Guys were overpaid, and he probably didn't even like the continuity, because those guys were there for LeBron. They weren't really there for Kyrie. 
Kyrie is accepted differently in Boston, and you can tell it. They got a young nucleus. He just he's getting the love that he deserves and that he wanted. And most important, right? He didn't want to be under the, the in a hostage situation that LeBron creates for those around him. And no shot at LeBron, because you know, man, I, I have nothing bad to say about LeBron ever. But LeBron creates a situation because he is such a powerful figure that everything is revolving around him, as it should, as it revolved around Michael Jordan, as it revolved around Kobe Bryant, right? But there's a penalty for every everyone else around you if the world's revolving around you. So Kyrie said, you know what? I'm cool. I'm out. And it looked like everybody wins in the end. I don't believe that if Kyrie is with Cleveland, they would beat the Warriors. No, I don't. And I love Kyrie. I think he's excellent. I think he's great. I think he's on the level and sometimes better than the Steph Curry's of the world, especially in pressure situations. I don't think it's close. But the Warriors too deep, too talented. No one's beating them. Kyrie made a good move. Yeah, but let me ask you this. Will Chris Jenner be involved in the negotiations with Tristan Thompson? I hope she is. Because... <laughs> <laughs> Chris has done. Chris has made some moves. I mean, she got a supermodel daughter. I didn't know her daughter was that hot to the view in public, and now she's like a Victoria's Secret angel. And you know, you know, Ball might want to get with Chris Jenner and get some tips on how to deal with. You know what I'm saying? Um, um, you know, with with the Ball brothers. So yeah, hey, if, if Chris Jenner. It's working that contract out. Tristan Thompson gonna be in LA somewhere, sipping on my side. So you know, <laughs> trying to get this Calabasas home. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's a great look that she does. But hey, then in all seriousness, I don't know how you move those guys. I know you don't. can't. You, well, whatever you're gonna have to get a bad. It's gonna have to be a bad deal for Cleveland. And it may be. It may look yeah. good short term, but it's ultimately gonna be a bad deal. Whatever you, whatever you do, to have to move though, because you have to. Because yeah. you got to eat some stuff. Well, let me ask you this, man. Roy Mack, man, the, uh, you know, the Hall of Fame basketball player. When it comes to basketball, I really lean on your expertise. Although I know more about basketball than you do, I still lean on your expertise. So, do you get rid of this pick? Do you put a package together? Do you trade? Knowing that LeBron is probably not, I mean, I don't know what the hell LeBron's going to do, but knowing that he's not going to give you a yes or no definitive answer, what do you do if you're pleasing the front office, if you're Roy Mack and you're running the show? If I'm in the front office, I can't trade that pick because at any moment, if LeBron's unhappy, if he doesn't like the coach, he can leave. We always talk about it on People's Champ Radio is that he holds – I take it a step further. He doesn't just hold Cleveland hostage. He, ta- he holds the entire NBA hostage. Every yeah. single team in the – like, think about this. L.A. really moved salary because they feel like they may be able to get LeBron. Think about that, bro. No, right. like, like they literally were like setting this thing up for like in three years. Hey, we, we, we may be able to get, we may be able to like sway LeBron to come here. So he holds everybody yeah. hostage. And so if I'm Cleveland, listen, you at some point, right? Look at the New York Giants. At some point, you have to start preparing for life after the guy, right? You got to start at some point. Um, listen, Andrew Wiggins looks pretty good right now. Yeah. <laughs> you feel me? Andrew Wiggins oh. looks pretty good right now, man. 
But, listen, if you're in Cleveland, you got to take that one and only chip, right, and ride it out for the next century. That's the argument. <laughs> That's the the argument is, do you want... Listen, if you're Cleveland, you got to make a decision. You, maybe... Because if you're the front office, maybe Dan Gilbert and them boys are like, listen, man, I'm going when LeBron's gone. Maybe that's what they're thinking. Whenever LeBron leaves this next time, I'm out of here. Because here's the deal. You know, there were rumors about, like, Dan Gilbert selling the cash to LeBron. I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> there were rumors about that. I was like, probably not even else on the table. Okay. And, and, and shout out to Usher for having a little piece of that team. Shout out to Usher, man. Get your money. Yeah, I hope Usher kept his state. You know what I mean? Yeah, because when everybody, when when LeBron left, a lot of people thought Usher sold his stake in the team. And Usher was like, hey, 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 hey. They still giving what? checks out. <laughs> yeah, they still giving checks out. Why am I selling for bro? I'm still getting money. And, yeah, um, like, why would, you, why would you sell that? I don't you know. Yeah, hey, well, you know. What? I think, uh, you know, it's a cold world. But, yeah, I, I wouldn't trade it just because I, you, you don't know what LeBron's going to do. Now, I would understand if they do. I understand them if they do trade it because then you're saying, kind of to your point, what you're saying is, I fuck it. We're just going to try to win win one more chip, and if we don't win another one, fuck it, but we got two right now. You feel me? Um, Why? It, it's something to be said for that, but, like, okay, so think about it like this, right? So, so some people are thinking maybe they can get Anthony Davis in Cleveland. Now, no. if you do get Anthony Davis, now you have to convince Anthony Davis t- to stay in Cleveland. And I don't know if Anthony Davis is going to stay his ass in See, Cleveland. I think that's ultimately my problem is that you're in Cleveland. So whether you draft somebody or you try to win for now, right? Like, I'm going to be Cleveland at the end of the day. I'm pessimistic uh, like that about Cleveland. You know what I'm saying? So if it's my team... I throw I throw everything at the wall and try to win now. You know the pop, you know the probability of winning chips is low anyway. You might as well get a lottery ticket. Right. So you want a lottery ticket right now, LeBron James. The the Warriors got three lottery tickets. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And what you do, <laughs> what you do is that you know what? We're in the wrong era, but we're never gonna get a player greater than LeBron James. We're in the wrong era because, you know, Kevin Durant joined the Warriors. And so we're not gonna win anyway. But we gotta at the least pretend to give a damn. Because let's say you keep that pick and you get the number one overall pick, right? LeBron's gone and then, you know, whoever's left Kissing Thompson them or the, you know, they're the starters now, right? And, is that, and remind me, remind me, is that pick for this season? Uh, I mean I'm sorry, is that pick for this draft or for next draft? Yeah. It's for, for this draft. draft. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So that means so, the, so that's basically who? The 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 Bagley kid from, from Duke probably? Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I heard the kid from Zona may go first. A big he, man. He, he, he is nice. Now he. Wow. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. That brother's pretty good. And I'll say this: a lot of big men are goofy as fuck. It's, that's a basketball thing, by the way. Like any, I, I feel like anybody over like six foot ten, they start getting like a goofy gene. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, weird shit. Um, but big men are goofy by nature, so a lot of them cats. They don't really be chasing that spotlight, if you will. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, so maybe get you a big man instead of like a flashy wing player. Now, if people are listening, they may be like, ah, this, this nigga sounds stupid as hell. He talking about getting a big man. Listen, fam, trust me. If you, <laughs> the percentages of you keeping a, a nice two or three is far lower than you keeping a center. Trust me, sir. Trust me. 
on the it's just a different market for those positions. On the thirty for thirty. Go ask Andre Drummond. On the thirty for thirty for Anthony Bennett because there will be one. Um, oh, on the thirty for thirty with him. Oh, will the thirty for thirty also say that him being so bad is basically what almost kind of opened the door for LeBron to come back? Because think about it, if if he is actually pretty good, I, I mean, does LeBron come back? Is are they in a position to get right. him? You know what I'm saying? No, because they got they got Kyrie, right? Right, that's what I'm saying. They, they had Kyrie, and if that guy's good, then like they got a good nucleus, and so maybe they they like just they just moving on at that point. Right. So you know, shout out to him. Maybe indirectly he helped LeBron <laughs> come back to Cleveland, man. Cold world. But no, hey, man, I'm with you. Listen, that's People's Chant Radio, man. Anything you want to leave the people with, Cash? Anything that, that you want to hit on, man, before we get up out of here? Uh, well, right now, the Eagles are dominating the Vikings. I think it's like 21-7, something like that. 24-7 um, at halftime. 24-7 at half. Uh, you know, the Eagles dominating. Um, shout out to Tom Brady, man. I'm no Brady fan, um, but I'm not going to hate greatness. What he's doing, it's unbelievable. This is unfathomable. I mean... Eight Super Bowl appearance? Are you kidding me? I mean, my God. He's doing in the NFL what the Alabama Crimson Tide are doing in the NCAAs. At some point, you got to look up and say, ah, well, you know. You know what I'm saying? At some point, you just got to get a brother his due. You got to give him his due. Um, so, shout out to Tom Brady because I'm no hater. Um, even though I, I, I loathe the Patriots, I know how many games they've won on BS. But nonetheless, they won those games. You can't, oh, you know yeah. what I mean? You can't do something what they've done. So, eight Super Bowl appears in a modern day football? Unreal. Yeah, shout out to him, man. You know, no disrespect there. Um, you know, did his thing. I'm going to give a shout out to Russell Westbrook. I know we didn't talk about him on the show today, um, but, you know, I'm going to give a shout out to Westbrook because this is why I say the NBA is bullshit. And this is why I kind of give some disrespect to those Steve Nash MVPs and those um, uh, Steph Curry MVPs to a little bit of a lesser degree. Because right now, as we speak, Westbrook is having pretty much as good of a year as he had last year in terms of numbers. And apparently nobody gives a damn. Nope. He already got a triple double, man. You know, <laughs> nobody. Apparently, this. Sh- hey, man, we already seen him having a triple double. You know? <laughs> apparently, everybody's good. Everybody's cool on triple doubles now. You know, but it's a big what? deal, though. It's a big deal if Lonzo Ball gets like you know ten points, nine rebounds, and seven assists. That's a huge deal. Russell Westbrook, you know, gets like 34, 12, and fifteen, and it's like ah. <laughs> hey, but then once he does that, they'll start telling you that those are forced. Right, right. Hey, he's, hey, he's trying to get a triple double. Okay, you don't want the nigga to try for a rebound. Okay, all right. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna shout out to Russell Westbrook, man, because even through all this that he's saying, you talk to him. Listen, Russell Westbrook is the one dude in the NBA that when he says something, I just believe what he's saying. It's like that's what he truly feels. Now I may disagree with it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I may yep. agree or disagree, but I'm like, yo, that's his real opinion. You know what I'm saying? Some of the other dudes, I'm like, okay, he, he, he just saying that. Russell, listen, I'm convinced that Russell Westbrook really feels like once the playoff starts, they are going to be the team to beat. I don't know why he feels like that. I, I felt like that at the beginning of the season. I'm a little less 
I'm a little less bullish on them than I was at the beginning of the season just because although they have come around here lately, I would like to see a little bit more from Paul George and maybe this just is who, who he's going to be. But yeah, I, he really thinks that they're going to win the championship still, which is that, that's dope. That's that's the way he should think. Let's stop right here um, and start with something real. New. We're going to get this extended take on People's Champ Radio, man. We ain't got no time limit. This shit going to get uploaded to YouTube. Hey, Q, listen to the shit in your car, on the way home, at your job. I don't give a damn what you do. Ain't no, ain't no hold up. Ain't no time limit, Q. We ain't sports center. This ain't undisputed. This ain't first things first. We don't get up in an hour. If the show run over, so be it. We don't have a time Hey, what him? Fuck it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. So, Roy Mack, have you changed your stance? On one cup, Melo Anthony, after seeing what he's done thus far. No, I've actually been happier with Melo than I've been with Paul George. Now, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't ask you who you were happier with. I said that you changed your stance The on first Melo. thing I said was no. <laughs> that was the first thing I said was no. But then you threw Paul under the bus. I just want to make sure you do. <laughs> yeah. Well, Listen, yeah. that's why somebody who said they voted for I'm Hillary trying to Hillary. add some context to it. But no, to yeah. answer, again, I answered the question directly. No, that was my answer. You got the diss of big homie Paul George. No, it's not a diss. So it's not a diss. So Paul George, that's a great segue. I'm asking about Paul. Who is Paul George? And what I mean is this. When free agency runs rolls around and people pick him up, is he a Gordon Haywood type of player? Meaning, you know, he's your third best player, or you got a rotation of three, right? Who are on that kind of level? You may have a team like those Detroit Pistons, right? When they had Villa, Rip Hamilton, Rasheed Wallace, you know, guys who are on a similar level, Tayshawn Prince. You did me? They weren't superstars, but they were really, really good players, and they were able to, you know, have a team so balanced that they can be really good at all, you know, all facets of the game. So, is Paul George closer to a Gordon Hayward, or is he closer to, um, and I don't say LeBron or KD, they had a different stratosphere. Uh, you know, he's closer to the other stars, if you will. I'm trying to figure out what our expectations for this guy is. I would say what I wanted him to be in terms of game. And he is shooting the three a lot better, so this was realistic. I wanted him to be Joe Johnson with defense, is what I wanted from him. I wanted him to be, because I always, once I saw Joe Johnson expand, I was like, okay, Joe Johnson can be your, well, not anymore, but it was a time frame where Joe Johnson, I believed, could have been your second best player on a championship team. So I wanted him to be Joe Johnson with the Paul George defense. Now, with that being said, I believe he's the league leader in steals and he is playing good D and he he is now shooting the three better. I don't know, however, if he has accepted what he has to do in Cleveland, which I like. That's what's funny. I'm conflicted by it because I like the fact that he wants to be the guy. But it's weird because I'm like, yo, you know that when you go to OKC, what the business is that you know that. Some guys, and I experience this now that I'm older and I go to the gym, you play with guys sometimes and you have to, mod- as, the, as a real good player, sometimes you have to modify your game because the other guy can't do anything else but this one thing, right? So if I can do everything, if I can drive, if I can shoot, if I can shoot pull-ups, if I can shoot a three, but this other guy, all he can do is get to the cup, then we can't both just be getting to the cup the whole time because somebody needs to be out there spreading the floor, shooting jump shots, right? 
and you know Westbrook is downhill attacking. So I thought, to go back full circle, I thought what I wanted him to do was kind of be Joe Johnson with still that Paul George defense. And I don't think that he wanted that at first, but I think he's come around a little bit to that now. I really do. I think he's come around. And they are playing, quote-unquote, better, whatever that means. Um, but they were playing so horrible, although they did put up 148 on the Cavs the other night. My God, Cleveland. 148? That's like two games. The hell is going on with that? 148. My man LeBron said, hey, I don't think anybody scored 148 on me on, on a video game. <laughs> <laughs> they put up 148, my nigga. God. LeBron, bitch. <laughs> 148, LeBron? Hey, and then Enos Kanter went at LeBron's head <laughs> on, on Twitter. Enos Kanter keep trolling LeBron, dog. What'd he say? He just kind of shot some little disses at uh at Cleveland. He put like hashtag 148. He put like the little king crown <laughs> next to it. And he put a bunch of hashtag strive for greatness. Hey, dog, hashtag strive for greatness, man. That's classic. You know, but no, I, I actually, you know who I think is, I don't know if they'll stay together and they, they do need one more piece. But I'm actually liking that thing over there in Minnesota, man. I do. I got to say that. Now, I would you, like... You said it. Yeah, I like that Minnesota thing, man. Because, you see, the playoffs is going to be a little bit different. That's why I still like OKC in the playoffs. Because in the playoffs, you're going to have to deal with those three dudes from OKC. And it, just like the Warriors, you got to beat them four times in a week and a half. I think me and you have the same philosophy. A dude like a Westbrook, he's going to win one game by himself. So I'm going to give right. Westbrook one just by himself. He's going to win a game by his damn self. Then you got to Right. Then you got to think if Paul George gets hot and Melo get hot in the same game, that can get you at least two. You know what I'm saying? Right. If those two get hot, so now you're halfway to, to winning the series. So now you just got to really win two games. So, you know, I like them in the series. Uh, against um, everybody <laughs> except the Golden State. I mean, but I, I would still pick them to get to the Western Conference Finals. My problem with Houston is those threes look good when they're going in, but damn, when they start missing, they, I mean, they can't do anything else. And it's basically, you know, Jimmy Harden and and uh, CP3, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't, I mean, I, I, you know, I like Eric Gordon, you know what I'm saying? But I'm not really scared of Eric Gordon or Trevor Ariza like that, you know what I mean? So, not the player. Let me ask you this. Um, so, you expect the, and yeah, Q, we going over time, people champ radio, sucker. Um, <laughs> you, uh, so, so, you expect to, to face the Warriors in the, uh, and, 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 you know, in, 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 the, in, the, in the Western Conference side of you. That's a good question, man. Um, I would say Houston or OKC is my, would be my pick right now. Those, those are the only two teams I can see because apparently, apparently Kawhi Leonard's not going to play the whole fucking season. This motherfucker just – every week he has a new injury. It's amazing. So apparently he's not going to play all season. So the Spurs are done apparently. Um, so, yeah, I would say Houston, Houston or OKC. I mean, I, I can't. I mean, I, I, it, I'm not left with anybody else to pick. You know what I'm saying? Outside of those two. Yeah. I mean, Minnesota, but, you know, I don't, I don't, you know I, again, I, I think that they're probably going to play OKC the first round. 
And listen, they could beat OKC the first round. Let me say that. Let me have back up. We have seen this before in professional sports. Um, meaning, and outside of the Jordan era, right? Because I remember watching MJ play and thinking to myself, like, listen, I don't give a damn who you got. Right? They just too deep. And they got the best player on earth. But I don't remember the last time thinking, like, bro, you're not beating the Warriors. And listen, and, and we're saying this, and last night Houston beat the Warriors. But listen, I keep telling everybody, hey, I don't give a damn, bro. You got to do that four times. <laughs> you got to do that shit four I mean, times. I mean, somebody got to win. Yeah. So I don't do that this season. You got to beat these brothers four out of seven. And listen, the way that they stack that team, I don't give a damn. That should be the expectation that they're going to win based on their team. So we're not saying something that's like out of the order, like crazy. Yeah, well, crazy. Yeah, bro, they should win the championship. Yeah. They got five Olympians. What are we talking about? You know? <laughs> Two MVPs. Three of the greatest shooters in the history of basketball. You dig me? Yeah, man. So, so but, you know, but I digress, man. Listen. I see y'all when the Warriors win another chip, and then y'all can talk about how, you know, LeBron went to these finals and he didn't win as if he should win against the Warriors. You know, it's been a dumbass conversation to have, but y'all gonna have it, because y'all don't know shit about that. No doubt. Hey, let's get about it, man. People's Champ Radio. We're going to see if we can get on Radio Row for the Super Bowl, man. We're going to see what's popping. Um, see if they're ready for that on Radio Row for the, for the oh, my bad, the big game. See if they're ready for that, dog, down there. People's Champ Radio in the building. Because I got some real questions for everybody. And I want Bill, I want Bill check to answer my fucking questions. I don't want to, uh, you know. Yeah, you know, I don't want to hear that. Hey, I'm asking Belichick one very important question because I know he got the answer, Sway. What's that? What the moves that, baby? <laughs> I know he got the answer, Sway. <laughs> what the moves that, Belichick? Belichick knocking down dudes' wives and shit. Shout out to Belichick, man. He be getting it in. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, hey, 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 ain't no alleged. Radio, man, we out of here. Catch out. I holler.